Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What do you do, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? <laughs> oh, man, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see. I got this ridiculous hat on, Shane. <laughs> New Year's Eve, trying to mix it up a little bit here. Well, technically, this is coming out the day before New Year's Eve, but we got New Year's Eve bowl playoff games. We got all these mm-hmm. games. We got other games to recap. I mean, this is going to be a loaded, loaded show. I've got clips for every single one of these. How you doing, brother? Doing good. Doing good, brother. Uh, doing real good, actually. You know how it is right before you go on a diet. You just... Eating everything you want, <laughs> drinking everything you want. It's it's okay because January first we're gonna get on it. You know we got college football on all the time. Yep. Uh, Ole Miss decided not to show up and ruined our dreams yesterday, but we'll get to them here in a second. But other than that, Mike, I'm doing great, man. This is this is my favorite time of the year. Uh, football on all the time, like the Syracuse game. I could care less, but you know I like the I like the British Traders, so yeah. I could tune in. Here in a couple of weeks, not gonna be able to do that. So uh, I'm I'm. I'm extremely pumped up, man. Yeah, no doubt. Well, like I said, loaded shows, Shane, so let's just jump right into it. And let's start, you know, we love to start on a positive if we can. And the only positive we had, Shane, from the other night was Arkansas mm-hmm. finishing the deal against Kansas <laughs> in three overtimes, 55 to 53. Really shouldn't even had any business going Should- into overtime. Yeah. You know what? With all these, these damn – this was the – Pac-12 officiating, I always hear it's so god-awful, it's terrible, and I'm sitting here saying, well, it can't be much worse than the SEC. Well, we found, we found out it is, you know what? Dude, when, you're, when your uh, uh, athletic director is out there tweeting the SEC officiating crew and letting them know how great of a job they're doing, you knew what kind of game it was, brother. And it was... Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Mike. Shouldn't have been down. It shouldn't have come down to this. No. Uh, any, any Razorback fan knows that this game could have been put away, should have been put away, uh, should not have come down the wire, definitely not come down to a, a penalty or an overtime game. Right. Uh, but all in all, man, fantastic football, brother. <laughs> fantastic. Terrible calling, shitty calling. I'll be the first one to get on there and and, and jump on board with you. The targeting penalty, uh, the the non pass interference. It's like what what are we doing? We're picking and choosing when we're going to throw some flags here. It was it was absolutely horrible, but it made for a better football game, Mike. I'm not going to lie. I'm here to get entertained, and buddy, I was entertained by them Razorbacks. Man, I was my heart was pounded. I can't imagine. What it was like being Sam Pittman and company there on the sidelines as a 20, what was it, a 25-point lead got evaporated. Mm-hmm. I mean, just imagine that, Shane. I mean, how many times have you seen a team give up a 25-point lead and actually win the game? Uh, again, I realize that's pathetic, allowing 15 points in the final yep. 90-something seconds of the football game, inexcusable, but uh, credit to – Arkansas, K.J. Jefferson, manning up, answering the bell time and time again. And and once again, Shane, I mean, I cannot believe 
MVP KJ Jefferson. I believe that, but I cannot believe there are these <laughs> not there's there's very very few of them, but there's people out here that think, man, KJ just can't cut it. Without KJ, who scored four touchdowns, mm. led the team in rushing 130, obviously led the team with passing 287. Liberty Bowl record scored 24 points in the first quarter. Without KJ, this is probably like a three-win ball club here. My God, I mean, at times he does things, Shane, that I don't know that another quarterback in the SEC can do. Mm-mm. And people were giving Dan Mullen, who I actually thought I thought he did a good job calling the game, Shane. He said KJ put him in the race for Heisman next season. And people, Absolutely, people were giving him hell. I think he's dead on. I, I I don't know that there's a better quarterback in the SEC next year. Mike, I think I I was going to say it. I think this kicked off his 2023 campaign and. And, you know, we talked a little bit about K.J. in the offseason last year coming into this season that this would be an opportunity for him. But but I'm telling you, the SEC is coming up on a down year of quarterbacks. Now, I'm not saying at the end of the season we're going to have, you know, a whole bunch of no-name quarterbacks coming out here because we're going to have some stars emerge, I, I guarantee it, in the SEC. But early, there's only going to be a handful of names people are talking about, and this put KJ right back on the map for a Heisman return. So uh, I think this is this is what we signed up for, Mike. If we can keep if we can keep them healthy, and we keep some some talent around them, brother, how can you not consider KJ Jefferson as one of the best not one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC next year? Right, and and teaming him with Rocket Sanders, one hell of a one-two combo. Like you said, we get, we need some help at receiver. Already started to attack at via the, the transfer portal. But mm-hmm. they're going to have to clear up his defense, too. And, and you may be sitting here and say, well, what the hell's that got to do with KJ and, and a high, potential Heisman? But, you know, the reality is it's not it's not right, but it's just the way it is. You got to be, you know, one of the better teams in the country. And this defense that gave up 544 passing yards to the Kansas quarterback, that ain't going to cut it. So we got to get a lot better on that side of the ball. Opportunistic, I, I would imagine, is, is something you're going to hear time and time again forcing turnovers, got to shore that up. But, man, just a, a hell of a win. The the only bowl win we got right now here in the SEC this bowl season comes courtesy of Arkansas, and we talked about it, Shane, leading up to this. I mean, this was essentially a must-win game. Yeah. Arkansas come out, they answered the bell, they looked dominant for the first half, and then, my God, this just – I don't want to sit here and be negative, but, I mean, this could have been the worst outcome for Sam Pittman. Again, up 25 points, blowing a lead like that late in this ball game. But this, to me, it basically completely changes the narrative, Shane. And we, we got a winning record. He's he's undefeated in bowl games. Hell, And you got to remember, this was the probably the worst Power 5 team in the country when Pittman took it over. We've got a little bit more to build on it. And, and something we said – leading up to this game, they have got a blueprint basically better than anybody in the SEC saying, we'll come in, come in via the transfer portal, we'll make you an all-SEC caliber player, an NFL Mm -hmm. player, and if they can do that again, they can turn this thing right around and and be back to eight, nine, ten-win team next season with, again, the best quarterback in the SEC. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you here, Mike. And, and the way they're looking at it, man, if you're sitting on a team here and you're not getting the stats that you, you want because you've got a quarterback that can't get you the ball yet, 
down here in, in Arkansas, there's a guy that can get you the ball. He just needs opportunities. I, I think this is a, the easiest sale that Sam Pittman and company are going to have to make this offseason, Mike. This this, this this is a load up the portal, and I think both of them, man. I think uh, that spring portal is another one I'm going to keep my eyes on yeah. because to the to the very last day, this you know the the doors are open, and Sam Pittman in, is is allowing anybody and everybody that could catch a ball as fast and big, you know, to come down here and wear an Arkansas jersey and have a scholarship. So um, I think there'll be plenty of weapons around here, but I I just want it there sooner than later because there's pivotal practices in the offseason chemistry that 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 i think kind of hurt him a little bit this year you know um uh, as far as kj jefferson it just seems like sometimes you know it was nice seeing landers step up here but there was it seems like at times especially at the start of the season there was a little lack of chemistry here and and uh i, I think that's important with those offseason reps so i hope sooner than later we fill up this uh these spots soon Right. And uh, last thing on this one, Shane, let's kick it over to Sam Pittman. He leaves us his final presser of the season, and he's leaving us some gold here. Uh, let's kick it over to him. I wonder about your emotions when you're up 25 and they come all the way back. Uh, and also, is it maybe even a little funner that you had to win it the way you did and not, not hold on in regulation? I'm exhausted. I never played a snap, and I'm just beat up. You know, um, you know they had some turnovers early, and then we had late. You know, bottom line is if we hang on to the ball there on that reverse, the, you know, the game's over at 15. Uh, but they did some nice things going down and, and those things. But usually when this happens and the team comes back, and they tie it at the end of the game. Usually the momentum's so severe that the team that was ahead all the time loses. Uh, we gathered our team. I think they believed that we could win the whole entire time. Uh, and at that point, it looked bleak, to be perfectly honest with you. And then they went right down and scored, kicked it their extra point. We did. Ours was fa fairly easy. The, our first overtime was KJ, and, and it was fairly easy. And uh, then the second one, we went up and thought, you know, I think we all thought up eight at that point and game, you know, got to, looking pretty good for the Hogs. And the last on the two-point conversion, it was my choice. And I decided hopefully to put some pressure on them uh, if we made our two-point instead of going on defense. Uh, fortunately, we made it. and. And I don't know if it put pressure on them or not, but it, it would have us if they would have made theirs first. Um, so what a game, what a crowd. Uh, champions, two bowls in a row now. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of our team that, you know, a lot of teams in the SEC in the past have not played well in these games when they lose players. They haven't played very good. And we did. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be uh, a winner tonight. Yeah. You keep saying you fumbled the ball. I'm guessing you haven't seen a replay yet. No, I saw it. You did. But I, I like my money. The <laughs> <laughs> back 12, bro. I saw that. I saw a lot of stuff. What, what did you think of Price Stevens' personal foul? I saw that too. Yeah. The targeting at the goal line? Well, I had a good look at that one too. <laughs> 
so stupid. All right, smart, smart, smart one there by Sam Pittman. You know, you don't, you don't want to give yeah. up money before the, you know, the last game of the season get fined. You know what? I just, I, I just think it's funny here. Oh, oh, Pittman's out here <laughs> watching, watching what he needs to say, and then Hunter comes out. I'll go on the record after tonight's Liberty Ball game that we have it pretty good when it comes to SEC <laughs> officiating and collaborative replay crew in Birmingham. Wow. So uh, he's just saying what we all want to say. You know, He's I mean, taking the bullet for his head coach. You know what? Yeah, that's the PG version of what some of the words I was using in my living room, you know? <laughs> well, Shane, you weren't the only one because them Ole Miss fans, my goodness, Shane. Oh. I mean, this was basically a complete no-show in here by the Rebels. They lose to Texas Tech 42-25. The only highlight, if you want to call it that, from this game, they honored Mike Leach, first play of the game, lined up in the air raid. Texas Tech did. I thought that was a, a nice tribute there. But, man, just look at some of these first-half first stats, Shane. Three turnovers. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss was 1-6 on third down. And it was going so well on third down, Kiffin said, well, hell, let's go for it on fourth. What a five on fourth down. ran, And one of those was at the nine-yard line. <laughs> they ran a fake punt. that They came nowhere close to, to converting it. Uh, Jackson Dart started a little hot, six of seven, but finished two of seven, two interceptions, a lost fumble. I mean, this was just a, a damn calamity here. And, again, this is a team that was seven and oh, finishes eight and five, and we said this is, you know, we're not putting him on the damn hot seat. He literally just got in a contract extension. But just a disastrous way to end your season. Yeah. No, it was just, this was horrible. And a bunch of terrible plays in here, man. I don't want to say he got out coached, but damn, at times it felt like he got out coached here. I'm looking yeah. at this Texas Tech team, and I don't think they're the best team in the Big 12. No. I don't think that, you know, they're. They may not even made a bowl game if they were in the SEC, and and here we are, just getting our getting the brakes beat off of us. It was embarrassing and and, and it was pathetic at times. And you know, I I don't know what it was, Mike, uh, because I, you know, I love Dart. I love how hard he played in this game. I love you know. I mean, he really he literally sacrificed his body yeah. to to win this game, but. But buddy, if you ain't got a quarterback in 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 uh, in his system, man, it just feels like this like Lane's offense can't run. And and nothing against Dart, but he's he's just streaky, man. And he'll he'll throw a couple of dimes that make Sports Center top ten, and then he'll he'll do the exact opposite and and cost you a game. So I just don't know. I don't know where does Ole Miss go from here, Mike? I, I I'm not panicking over a bowl game. Because you just can't. This isn't this ain't our Papaw Bowl games. Half these people not even showing up. You know what I'm saying? It's good seeing them sing before the game. You know, I'm sure they had a fun field trip there. But but the fact of the matter is, I'm not I'm not going to panic. But I am a little worried uh, about the progression of this season, Mike. If I'm an Ole Miss fan sitting here listening to that SEC podcast right now, Mike. What can I tell them to make them feel better, to calm them down, to let them know that next year will be better? Well, I think you have to realize that this was still a very young team. There was complete staff overhaul. Mm-hmm. There was basically a complete roster overhaul with the transfer portal. But I thought all those issues were behind us when we were 7-0. and 
And you'd think you yeah. some confidence would be built, and you'd get better as the season went along, not regress. And I get it. The schedule was significantly tougher in the back half, so they were kind of paper champs, and that's certainly the case. But I am a little disturbed, Shane. Again, great points. Jackson Dart, I mean, I think 90% of, 99% of quarterbacks would not have finished this, this game. He yeah. was getting destroyed. He, he looked like – I think they said after the game, you know, what's hurting on him? Everything. <laughs> Literally everything's hurting with him. Uh, a lot of players are, are not as tough as Jackson Dart, so I'm not piling on here. But when you have four turnovers in a ball game, in a game you got a month to prepare, both your running backs are playing, all your receivers are playing, you get Michael Triggett tied in back. I mean, you got – it's not like you're devoid of talent out here. Um, yeah. you, you would think with a, a month worth of reps, this would – have been his best game of the season. And it was yeah. maybe his worst. And again, he was banged up. So that, there's a little bit of a built-in excuse there. But it's I'm a little disturbed, like I said, that we kind of took a step back in this football game. Um, I, 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 had they just lost, you know, maybe not that big a deal. But they got damn dominated right. in this game. And it was ugly. Yeah. And at no point did it feel like they were going to win. And we, we got Coach out here making crazy – fourth down decisions and <laughs> I mean it just it looked like they were a team not only playing with nothing to lose but playing mm-hmm. playing with nothing to win is is what it felt like to me and uh, I just didn't get it, it was, this is just a bad job all around and and I was just stunned by, by the lack of uh, just execution performance and, and everything and 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 man I you asked me for some optimism. I'm going back down. <laughs> let me let me hype it back up. Again, a lot of these guys are coming back. Yeah. Maybe they'll get a little bit better. Maybe they maybe they thought they were re- you know, maybe they were reading their press clippings. Maybe they thought they were a top 10 when really they mm-hmm. were much closer to top 30 and that you know pushes them to get better. Lane Kiffin certainly has been able to recruit the transfer portal as well if not better than than damn near anybody, certainly in the SEC. He's got to do that once again to shore up some of these deficiencies. But I am disturbed, Shane, that uh, – and this is this is not all on Lane Kiffin, but the defense, you know, we I thought we took the step forward last season. Mm-hmm. My God, we took a step back once again. So I don't know if we're changing the defensive coordinator. Remember, remember it was we were high, flying high and shut down number one overall pick, Will Levis. I mean – it looked yep. like the defense was going to be a strength, and then once again they they crumbled here. So we have got to get this defense going, like you said. We got to get this quarterback going because without him, man, this uh, this this offense was not working. And Lane's supposed to be a quarterback guru. Jackson Dart's got to be a lot better next season if Ole Miss is going to uh, threaten in the West. Yeah, and do you think at this moment, if you were given odds? Dart being the starting quarterback next season, uh, where where would you be if you're putting a hundred bucks on it, like from zero to a hundred? Right now, a hundred. Yeah, because okay. they they literally don't have. I don't think they've got a scholarship backup. <laughs> well, I, and and again, you you hear Lane talking about don't don't panic. Yeah, I, I still think we're going to add somebody in the portal here. I, oh, yeah. I don't they think have that to, door is shut, but. I'm just curious because we had quarterback controversy coming into the season. I don't know if, you know, again, you thought some of that would have worked out in that winning streak like you're talking about. And I just, I'm not seeing the progression. It just feels like 
this is as good as it gets almost. And and I should never watch a Texas Tech game and say, you know what, I wish we had their quarterback. You know, I, it shouldn't. <laughs> Why is that? You know what I'm saying? It should never be that way. But I felt like if we would have swip, switched jerseys here, mm-hmm. that Ole Miss would have would have won this game. But right. uh, again, I, it's not all on one player. And uh, I feel like I've been piling on here, so I apologize because he did he did really try, brother. He he bo nicks that thing, man. You know what I'm saying? But damn, I was sore after that one. My heart was hurting, my eyes were hurting. You know. <laughs> you know, you guys that cover me know we don't do coach speak. So when I say this, I mean this. I thought that their staff and players did a great job. I thought they had them ready to play. I thought they we knew they played hard. You know, very kind of overachieving model team that talk from people in the conference how hard they play. And, you know, it happens a lot at home. We were hoping maybe they didn't do it as well today. But those guys, you know, had some good plans. Um, I think, you know, you're going to, as a coach, you break down the game and you say, okay, yards, points, all that stuff. And um, there's a lot of similarities in the running and throwing of the ball by the teams. But, you know, you're going to, you're going to look really glaring at fourth downs um, and turnovers. So, you know, they did a great – both were very aggressive. You know, we were two of seven on the fourth downs. They were five of six. And I thought they had really good plays and some speed option and checking to different things. Um, so I put that on coach and I thought their fourth down schemes were better than ours and ours were actually shorter yardage sometimes and, you know, weren't able to move them. and. Um, so I do. I give them a lot of credit for how well they coached and how hard they played. Um, and after the fourth down, then turnover. So, you know, do some analytic chart, and you're going to be 99.9% if, you know, you don't make five fourth downs and you turn over, what, five times. You know, that's 10. Now one of those fourth down is the turnovers. That's really nine times, right? So if I just did the math right that's nine times you give them the ball back without kicks going or scores going on so that's gonna gonna not bode well and it didn't tonight um i thought we had a little rally there in the second half thought jackson did better he had a really poor first half that he would tell you some critical plays and you know obviously the turnovers but you know fourth down with the guy in the flat and he thought it was a different play and took a shot deep um you know, which killed some, some some momentum there on a fourth and one. So it's a shame because, um, you know, this was a, would have been a great game to win down here um, versus a very good team and go out for these guys that were the last game. So, um, again, credit to them. I thought they did a great you know, The using of the timeout was just very frustrating in the situation. It did not win or lose the game. but. Just so you guys know, because I like our players to be composed, okay? You know, I'm told on our sideline after that long thing, after the fumble, which we got a lot of good momentum going, so we fumble the ball back. They get the ball, and, you know, there's this big fight, and we're yelling at our players, you know, and their their coaches are taking their number 11 off the field screaming at him because um, he spit on our player. And so the side judge on my side says to me, you know, they're, listen, hey, they're 11, and he actually points that way. They're, they're 11 is going to be ejected. You're 71, you know, fought back, so he's going to get a penalty too. So I'm like, okay. And then all of a sudden, they announce 
our 11. Our 11 is Jordan Watkins, who wasn't in the fight. It was their 11 fighting 71 that everybody knew because their own coaches were yelling at the guy. There was a racial slur involved. That's not the point of what we're talking about, about the spitting part and the penalty that was said. And so if you look at I brought our own 71 up to the officials. I said, right or wrong, do you see him crying? He's not crying because he spit on him. He's crying because he got spit on and something was said. So, <clears throat> and it just didn't make any sense. It was really poor to have that many officials that communicate. They all have these wires and they all talk. And they did a great job on some other ones of getting them right. But that, that's not good. You know, you talk about spitting on people and make, calling the wrong number 11, who, if you meet Jordan Watkins, Jordan Watkins ain't doing that, okay, if you know him. And he's the receiver, he ain't in the fight with the defensive lineman, I mean, or the left, the right, the left tackle. So that's why I was so discouraged, because they had still told me he was ejected. So now I'm trying to game plan on the sidelines, yelling at Jordan, getting our subs all right. And Jordan's like, Coach, I swear to God, I did not spit on this guy, nor did I even come close to spitting on him. Here's our other tackle crying, talking about how derogatory it was, what was said, and getting spit on. So that's why I called timeout to try to get them to get it right. Like, you got all these officials, guys, communicate. And he's right, that's a big deal, you know, if you're going to eject. So then they say, well, he's not ejected. So did he spit or not? Like, so now he's not ejected because you're not really sure which 11. So that's why, just so you know, because I tell our players to keep their composure, and um, I'm going to defend our players when. You know, a kid spit on and then accused to the audience, a national audience, that it's him. So Jordan's, you know, got to deal with this. So that that's why that was. Well, brother, hey, we got some games to pick. But before we get to that, just real quick, um, you know, some developments here out of Baton Rouge. This was uh, 180 of, of all sorts <laughs> because uh, on Wednesday afternoon, LSU announced Kayshawn Butte. They didn't technically say suspended but they yeah. said he's not playing in a bowl game no excuse given he's still on the team he'll be he'll be back in the spring and then a couple hours later Butte says hey I'm off to the NFL I mean it's like <laughs> what the hell's going on down it's here it's like that Dave Chappelle gif when he knocks the water over and runs out <laughs> I'm out <laughs> exactly I mean this is a guy Shane that on December 5th Puts it out that he's coming back. He's coming back for the specific reason, he says, to win a national championship, lead LSU there. He's a Louisiana kid. Um, I hear, Shane, that, um, you know, it wasn't just like a simple tweet. It was a graphic and everything. I mean, there was time put into this. But I'm told, Shane, that uh, LSU's coaching staff, they didn't even know he was coming back. So I don't, I don't oh. know – the communication issue there, I don't, I don't know. I don't necessarily – I'm not saying that uh, he was not welcome back or anything like that, but I think it just caught them off guard. And mm -hmm. the fact that uh, now we're here a couple weeks later and he is not coming back is certainly interesting. And, and this is a guy you got to remember. You know, he just never really lived up his to, to his potential in this system. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of rumors. But I, I don't think that uh, he was – as bad as, as some of them made to were made it out to be, but I, I know he missed another game because of a, a birth of a child. And I, I remember at the time I was thinking, well, I, I guess that's a, you know that's that's reasonable. I guess his his girlfriend, wife, whatever, went into labor. But then it come, well, she had a baby. On, it was like on a Tuesday, and he missed Saturday's game. I was like, what? Like yeah. I, there was just one thing after another all season long with this. 
Um, and Brian Kelly did release a statement, Shane, we support Kayshawn and his decision. We went through a thoughtful process and ultimately decided this was in his best interest. We appreciate all he did during his time. We wish him well. But again, do they put out a, you know, a, a, a statement a couple hours no. earlier saying he's coming back, he's just not playing yeah. in this game, only for him to turn around and not be a part of the team? Uh, this is, man, it's it's just yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, and it's not true, Mike. You know, we all know this is what you're supposed to say as an organization. You know, <laughs> Butte saying the right things as he's going into the NFL draft. But clearly there was some family drama around the Christmas tree this, this winter. <laughs> and uh, things ain't working up down in LSU. I, I hate it, though, because, the, you know, they were definitely a surprise front – not a front – I don't want to say front runner, but – there's a lot of people putting LSU in a, in a prime opportunity to to go back to an SEC championship, potentially even win the thing. Yeah. And, and you do that, you got your quarterback coming back, you got your number one wide receiver coming back, and you've got a full off season with Kelly and company. I just, I, I it was just the picture was becoming pretty, and uh, but clearly this relationship has been rocky from day one since Kelly got down there. And so maybe it's best for both two part ways, but I think he's going to kill it, man, in the NFL. I truly do. He, he's, he will be on a couple of my fantasy football teams, <laughs> but I would have liked to have seen him one more year down there at LSU. Yeah. I think it cost him money, Mike. I really do. Yeah. I hate to say it, but I think it cost him uh, a, a lot of money. Yeah. Unless he kills it. And the, they, they, they've not as, they don't have to uh, declare for the the combine now or anything, right? No, they just get a, an invitation, and uh, I okay would be stunned if he's not part of that. You know what? Yeah, he's he's got to have a hell of a he's got to have a hell of a day down there. So I think that's that's the big thing for him. But I wish him nothing but the best. But it would have been nice to have seen him one more game. And and one final thing on that, Shane. I mean, there's always two sides to to every story. You know, um, yeah. if I'm LSU. And an LSU fan, maybe this is a good thing. And I'm not trying to bury the guy or anything like that, but you know, with with multiple seeming issues behind the scenes, missed games, and and mm-hmm. all this, and and for whatever reason, he was not going to play in this bowl game. You know, I, you you let the rest of the team know, hey, I don't care how good you are, we're not letting you get away with whatever the hell you think you're getting away with out here. And again, mm-hmm. I don't know the specifics, so it, he may have done absolutely nothing wrong, but. Um, you know, having knowing who is going to be available week in and week out, there's value to that, and I don't think LSU got that with Booty this year. No, no, I don't think so either. So, and missing missing games, you can't do that. Right. Now I miss one pod, Mike gets on my ass. You know, you just can't. <laughs> you can't make it happen. So, <laughs> All right, building characters over here, Mike. <laughs> All right, uh, hey, before we pick our games, I've got to mention the sponsor, Shane, back for another season, Prize Picks. Head on over to prizepicks.com. Don't forget that promo code SEC. They'll match your initial deposit all the way up to 100 bucks. So you can have 200 bucks in your account today with that promo code SEC. And don't forget, College football, that's why we love prizepicks.com, daily fantasy sports. They got the NFL, they got the NBA, 
NHL. I don't know if that's going on, but you can probably bet on it, whatever it is. All the sports, UFC, you name it, they got it at prizepicks.com, Shane. And I started on a heater. Now I'm as cold as ever. So I'm not even going to give you my prize pick, Shane. I, this is what I thought I'd do. I'd, I'd announce or, you know, uh, share with you some of the selections here. And I'm going to let you, brother, tell me uh, uh, your favorite one or two because, man, I can't pick a prize pick to save my life. So I'm trying to help the audience here. I'm back, baby. I'm back. <laughs> the Midas touch is in the building. <laughs> all right, Shane. So these are all having to do with them Georgia Bulldogs. Okay. Prize picks, Georgia base. They're they're big dogs down there. Stetson Bennett. I get, of course, we'll get to the to the actual game here in a minute. Ohio State playoff game. We all know. Stetson Bennett over under two hundred and seventy and a half passing yards. Mm-hmm. So, so, so you know, let that let that sink in for a minute. And I, okay. when you might you might love this even more, Shane Stetson Bennett over under. 14 and a half rushing yards. Oh. I think I think you'll probably like that one. So yeah. maybe if, if you had to pick one of those, again, 270 and a half passing yards or 14 and a half rushing yards over, under, which one did, do you like the most out of those? Rushing, Mike, absolutely. That's one play yeah. for Stetson. I, I mean, he's you forget how mobile he is, and he doesn't have to run often, but – this game is pivotal and and expect a full. F- I the yards passing scares me because I truly think that Ohio State is overrated mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's Shane, you know, and he hates <laughs> Ohio State. But I think that this is going to be more of a rushing attack late in the game. You catch my drift a little bit of reserve because Kirby's got to save it for one more game. So right. I like I like. Uh, if I was picking the the passing, I'm going to go under. But I really like that rushing because one attempt, he's over 14 yards. It wouldn't surprise me if there's a 25-yard touchdown scamper in this thing and then, boom, you just solidified your prize pick. You're welcome. (laughs) All right, how about this one more, Shane? I think you – I'm interested to see where you'll go with this. Brock Bowers, best tight end in the country, Shane. Mm -hmm. 55 and a half receiving yards. Yeah. Or, little curveball here, over under five receptions. Which one of those? You got to bet on one. Over under 55 and a half receiving yards or over under five receptions for Brock Bowers? Give me over on receptions. And I I think, go with me here. I think there's going to be a couple orchestrated screens like usual. Oh, yeah. uh, Little bubble deals. He's going to get his touches. And, and I like that. I like both of them, to be honest with you. I think he goes over 55 yards. But uh, this is a big Brock Bowers game, in my opinion. You know what I recommend, Shane? I, I, I recommend the listeners just parlay all these bad boys. Hit that over. Yeah. Them Georgia Bulldogs and, and make uh, all kinds of money on the prize picks. You know what? Come on, man. You're the only SEC team in the playoffs. You know, you got to make some noise. And you got – that's one thing that drives me nuts about Kirby sometimes is he he gets a little too conservative. And and I hate that 
Oh shit. I'm getting into my new year's resolutions. We'll get to that here in a minute, Mike. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We got a show coming out later and I'm going to go ahead and just let the listeners know we're going to do a show and it's going to be our new year's resolutions. What each coach should have as a new year's resolution going into 2023. So kind of ruined a little bit of it right there. Or just a little tease for Georgia, but um, yeah, I, I just look forward to that show coming out next week. All right, buddy, how about the – let's go – we'll get to that playoff game in just a moment here, but let's start with the Friday action here. We got two bowl games featuring SEC teams on Friday, starting with the Gator Bowl, Shane. Number 19, South Carolina, versus number 21, Notre Dame. The Irish favored, what, by three and what? a half points. No respect for them Gamecocks. They'll find out. 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central on ESPN. The over-unders, 50 total points. This is actually the first time, Shane, since 1984 that South Carolina and Notre Dame have faced off on the gridiron. Who you like in a ball game? Well, I like Bruno out in the yard if he don't <laughs> cut his shit out right now. Sorry about that. Uh, Mike, is uh, Spencer Rattler not playing this game? He's suiting up. Huh? Did, did I miss something? Is Wales is is he already in the NFL? The juice you know? is loose. I, I, I'm just trying to figure out what in the right mind do they think Notre Dame is going to beat <laughs> South Carolina right now? Have they not seen the tail end of this thing? You put any I guess are they ranked high enough? Yeah, Notre Dame twenty one. I guess they can knock them off too, man. There's this is this is crazy talk, Mike. And I think sometimes we get a look, we get our blinders on, and we think the SEC doesn't care about the, the bowl games as much as they used to. And have we had a couple opt outs? Absolutely. But we've got a lot of players that stuck around, and some of those players that did stick around is the reason that they're in this bowl game to begin with, Mike. So. I think that this is a audition, brother, and and I it, hell it may be an audition for the NFL. We're not saying Spencer's sticking around. He comes out here, he may be slinging the rock and saying, you know what? I decide I want to play on Sundays. I think that this is an absolute bloodbath, brother. And Notre Dame does not belong in the same ring with these dudes. So give me South Carolina thirty-five, Notre Dame. 17. <laughs> yes. How you like that, Irish? I see your fancy uniforms. As you... <laughs> I can't wait to see it in the newspaper. <laughs> you know, one thing, Shane, that um, we, be, we would be wise not to overlook. Go back to last bowl season. North Carolina double-digit favorites. Over mm-hmm. them Gamecocks. They had their quarterback in this game. It was, man, they're going to kick the hell out of Shane Beamer and company. They don't even belong in a bowl game. They they beat Dan Mullen, who was, you know, they basically got him fired. Uh, they barely survived Vanderbilt. They have no business in this game. And this coaching staff and these players, Shane, played the game of the year with a month to prepare. We mm. got us a, a hell of a coaching staff here, Shane, and some versatile players Let's kick it over to Shane Beamer and Spencer Rattler real quick. I thought this was uh, uh, some terrific audio just on the versatility of a lot of these players and Spencer Rattler deciding to play in this game. You've got a uh, you've got a young man there as a wide receiver, but he completed all nine of his passes in a bowl game last year. You've got a punter who's never thrown an incomplete pass. You've got a, 
You've got a defensive tackle who caught a pass and a fake field goal and, and scored a two-point conversion. I'm not, I, I don't expect you to give me any game, your game plan. However, does all this serve a purpose? And does it make it, does it help running your base stuff with the threat of all that out there? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> all those guys that you're referring to are really, really good just football players in general. You know, you've referenced DK and what he's done, throwing the ball, catching the ball, running the ball. He can do so much, and, and certainly from a, from a defensive standpoint, he presents problems to defenses because he can do so much. And then the other guys that you've talked about, Tonka and, and Kai Kroger, absolutely, whether it be from a special team standpoint and the threat of fakes and things like that, uh, absolutely. And, you know, we've, we've, we want to be aggressive in all three phases, offense, defense, special teams. And when you have guys that can do different things, it certainly, uh, it certainly helps, you know, for sure. The more that you can do as a football player, the better. And those guys are all really good football players, really good athletes. And, and uh, you reference those three. And I'd say we got a lot of guys, you know, like that as well. And particularly when you get in the bowl games, the more you can do, the better when you have rosters that aren't quite the same as what they were at the end of the regular season. And then it only helps them in their future, too, as you go to the next level. Uh, the more things that you can do in all three phases, the more uh, value you bring to a team. Decision to make. Why was playing in this bowl game so important for you? Why did you kind of decide to just, just go out there? <clears throat> um, I mean, it's just like it's the right thing to do. Like we put in all this work throughout the season. Um, these are this is family. These are my brothers up here um, playing for Coach Beamer. Just we want to finish this thing out right, you know, for this season with this team. And, um, you know, we put in a lot of hard work in the off season and in the season. And uh, we're excited uh, to cap this thing off with a with a big, big game tomorrow. Right here. Uh, Emily Adams with the Greenville News. Um, Spencer, you know, Juice has talked a little bit about, you know, your decision kind of being a factor in his decision. Just how important is, you know, having that connection between the two of you, especially in a game like this where you're a little thin at, you know, running back, tight end, some of those other skill positions? Oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, Juice is a, a big-time weapon for us, um, just like DK and a lot of these other guys um, on the team. So he's definitely a factor for us. He's been working his tail off this week. Um, you know, I'd say neither of us are thinking about our decision right now. Our focus is what can we do to help this team the most tomorrow. And, uh, you know, we've been preparing. We've got another day today out on the field. So all of us are going to sharpen it up today and then roll in tomorrow confident and, and ready to go. This is a story, man. This is a, you know, maybe not a 30 for 30, but this is, this is a story that, you know, five, ten years now, you're probably going to start forgetting. But the way this team has come together here to tell end is just – I mean, it's short of a miracle, man. I mean, this, these nobody wants to play South Carolina right now, and it just it blows my mind the the just the lack of respect that they're getting coming into this thing. Yeah, and think about it, Shane. I mean, again, two seasons ago, this program was in rough, rough shape. Mm -hmm. Here they are in the Gator Bowl against. I know we don't got a lot of respect for Dodor Day, but a lot of people nope. around the country do. You know, it's a prestigious program here that uh, South Carolina is going to whoop here on Friday. But I think you just you, you made the critical point there, Shane. You win this one after the last couple of weeks of your season. I mean, I don't want to go too far, too crazy, because we don't even know who's coming back. I don't want to say top 10, but right. top 15 – Right there, top 20 guaranteed should be top 15. 
South Carolina is going to have all the momentum in the world. Yep. I think they've got more motivation to be in this football game. Stephen Lassen's favorite word, motivation for all these bowl games. You got captains sitting here playing. You got a, a coaching staff, again, elite. Give them a couple weeks to prepare for an opponent. We know what they can do. All they do is upset people left and right. Don't matter if it's on the road, if it's at home. It don't matter if it's in a neutral site. Give me South Carolina, Shane. 30, Notre Dame. Get the hell out of here. 20, 30 to 10-point win for them Gamecocks. I, I don't see how it could go any other way. I like it, Mike. And I think you hit the nail on the head. It's momentum and and either you have good momentum or bad momentum. Sometimes you look at some of these SEC teams and, and their season's been a disappointment. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like we see more of the opt-outs and more of the lackluster performances. I, I don't think we see that with South Carolina because their momentum's going the right way. Uh, things are going great on the recruiting trail. Things are going great in the portal. You know, yeah, we lost a couple of guys, but this is a team that as a unit has been moving in the right direction, and I think they cap it off. Uh, uh, icing on the cake to this this weird, wonky season <laughs> that the South Carolina Gamecocks have had. Yep. Now, how about the Orange Bowl, Shane? I know you're looking forward to this one. Down in Miami, mm-hmm. number six, Tennessee, versus number seven, Clemson. Tigers favored, what, by six points here. 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 Central on ESPN. The over-under, 63.5 points. How about this, Shane? Tennessee, number one in the country in scoring, number one in the country passing efficiency, number one in rushing touchdowns. Clemson, meanwhile, starting a true freshman quarterback, Cade Klubnick, never started in his (laughs) damn life here, well, at least in college football. I'm sure he did all right in high school. It's ain't high school. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they do have a hell of a running back, though. Will Shipley, 1,100 yards, tied 12th in the country with 15 rushing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Offense, elite versus pretty good defense here. Tennessee, Clemson, shouldn't even have to ask this question, but who mm-hmm. you like in the ball game? Golly, so much orange. You want to talk about a dream come true? Be down there in Miami watching this thing, man. I think I think this is going to be an absolute great game, man. I, I really do. If you like offense, this is it because there's going to be plenty of it. Tennessee ain't going to be able to stop Clemson. Clemson ain't going to be able to stop Tennessee. I think Joe Milton has got a lot to prove during this game, man. Yeah. He's auditioning for his coach. All right, things didn't go – I mean, he was kind of thrown in. You know how it is when you're going against a, a team like Vanderbilt right there at the tail end. It's like you 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 put a few pieces together. But now we've had several practices, man, several weeks to prepare and come in as QB1. I think we see a better – I think we see a more dialed in, and I think we see a more accurate, more importantly, Joe Milton here. And, yes, did we have a few opt-outs ourselves? We have. But I, one thing about the opt-outs is these guys still wanted to stay close to the team. I truly think that was just to prevent injuries. It wasn't to just get on to the next best thing. These guys are still a team. They're still united. And I think the Vols, I love the Vols in this one, man. And I'm not just saying it because I'm a homer. <laughs> I'm saying it because I'm a homer. Man, 1982, I love them Tennessee Vols. 2022, I still love them Tennessee Vols. <laughs> And I absolutely hate Clemson. So I don't care who 
who pads up, you put Dabo back there in the skirt. It don't matter. Tissy Falls is going to beat the shit out of the Clemson Tigers here. 42, Clemson 20, and I like to have 35 of those points in the three quarters. <laughs> a lot of points, baby. A lot of yards. Yep. And, hey, you know, I think you hit on something we've been talking about for weeks, the most – one of the biggest storylines in this matchup, Joe Milton, how he performs, national spotlight. You know, many, many, many doubters Joe Milton has. This will be the first and maybe the last, but hopefully just the first opportunity for him to rewrite his story. Yep. Starting with a big, big run towards next season, going up against – Again, I don't know how elite they are, but very good Clemson defense. They're ACC, so I can't give them too much credit. But by all mm-hmm. accounts, a very great defense here. If he can put on a show, I don't want to say he cement himself as a starting quarterback, but he more or less will. So before I make it my pick, Shane, let's kick it over to Josh Heupel. The importance of this football game to the Tennessee Vols, the importance of this game for Josh Milton. Or for Joe Milton, can't even get his name right. That's how much disrespect I'm giving him. Joe Milton moving forward to uh, next season. Were you able to do to keep them motivated and make sure that you know this was this game was important to them? Yeah, for, we, we had to reset the following week, and, and I think you guys played uh, the week after as well. Um, you know, the, the only reason we've gotten to this point, um, th- these players didn't come into this and, and just inherited it. They've worked for it, um, you know, from the moment that we got there on, on campus. And that's the competitive nature. It's their connection to one another. Uh, our players were able to reset. <coughs> Was there disappointment? Absolutely. Um, uh, in that moment, and, and uh, you could feel it in the building when they came in uh, the following day uh, on Monday. Um, but uh, we're able to reset. and. This is an important game uh, to our football team. We talk about finishing. We talk about legacy. Uh, this group that uh, you know is graduating and, and heading on. Um, you know this is a, a way to finish it and, and leave a strong legacy at, at Tennessee. Uh, at the same time, I think bowl games uh, in, in this era uh, are also about you know kicking off the, the following season. And uh, you know for all those things, uh, our kids' focus and energy out at practice has been uh, fantastic. Uh, I think it's important that you enjoy the bowl experience while you're here in South Florida. Uh, but when you're in meetings and you're on a practice field, uh, you got to be dialed in and locked in. And, and uh, I really like how our guys have, have handled the week up until this point. Friday's important because, you know, this is the last game for this football team this season. And, and uh, uh, it's the, the, the end of, of uh, that culmination. Um, we're going to have competition at every position uh, next spring. In our program, you got to go out and, and earn it and take it uh, every single day, and that's true at the quarterback position as well. And, and uh, everybody inside of that room understands and, and knows that Joe's been been great all season long. Um, you know, I, I think it's a unique story in today's atmosphere inside of college football uh, that someone is that talented and, and has had you know uh, some success uh, at the quarterback position uh, ends up you know being moved to the number two spot you know, sees that there's value in the staff cares about me, the staff can help develop me, uh, I can perform inside of this offense and, and uh, um, you know, my traits fit this and, and I got to stay the course because I need to grow, you know, and that can be mentally, it can be emotionally, it can be fundamentally. Um, I, I think, you know, 
in today's world for a young man to see that and be able to say, hey, I'm going to sit here, I'm going to compete every single day with Hendon or whoever that young man might be, uh, and to handle it the right way is, is, uh, is a great story. And uh, He's prepared like he's going to be the starter uh, all off-season, all training camp, all season long. Uh, he's continued to grow. We're playing a great opponent, great defense. Uh, it's going to take all 11 to, to go out there and perform at a high level uh, tomorrow. But I'm excited to, to see Joe go compete, man, and uh, excited for this opportunity for him. All right, Shane. So, hey, motivation, again, that's critical in these bowl games. Tennessee mm-hmm. being discounted without Hendon Hooker. Even a big orange ball there. Doubting Tennessee's <laughs> defense. I think the defense got something to prove in this ball game. Shane going up against a true freshman quarterback. I get it. He's touted. He had a big ACC championship against, you know, worthless North Carolina team. I get it. Mike, I had a big breakfast this morning. You don't see me having a parade, you know? <laughs> I ain't buying it, Shane. I ain't buying it. And I thought I was high on the Vols going into this matchup. I mean, national spotlight, they have been delivering – Time and time again, under Josh Heupel, when you doubt them, that's when they play their best football. Give me Tennessee 42. We both like 42. Clemson, I'm going a little bit better, though, 27. A little bit more of a ball game, but no. Underdogs or not, Tennessee by double digits. I think this is just going to be just the, the final chapter in one of the more incredible Tennessee seasons in uh, damn near two decades. I like it, Mike. I like it, brother. Man, I'm so ready. It's been so long. I mean, you know, it's you go through that little lull and the holidays is great and all that, but it's like, oh, man, we got some football. We got to dial back in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I love talking about it. These games sneak <laughs> up on you, too. Yeah. You know, they're at weird times. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so what time? What are the times of these games, real quick, for the listeners? So Tennessee uh, will be 8 o'clock Eastern. Okay. 7 Central on ESPN in South Carolina early. 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central on ESPN. So back-to-back ESPN oh, action on Friday. That's what I like, man. That's what South Carolina better get done too, because I don't want one of those drug out, you know, five five <laughs> overtime games, and I've got to go to SEC Plus to figure out where the Tennessee game's at. You know, <laughs> just knock them out early, Gamecocks. Now we got a triple header though on Saturday, Shane, starting with the Music City Bowl here in Nashville, Kentucky versus Iowa. Iowa two and a half point favorite over under. 31 points, my goodness. Noon Eastern on ABC, nationally televised. Man, this is going to be a rock fight. Who you got winning a ball game, Kentucky <laughs> or Iowa? Oh, Mike, what a – what a you know, to go from Tennessee and Clemson 60 points to, to this, this one right here, Mike, uh-huh. I, you know, I'm – I'm not going to pick against Kentucky. I'm not going to pick against any SEC team. And obviously that's bit me more than it should here in the bowl games. But, whew, brother, the, the over-under on this thing I think is, what, 31 points? 31, and, yep. And I like the under. <laughs> Do you like defense? Well, that's what you're going to see a lot of here. I think it's a lot of keep away. I think it's a lot of ground and pound. The last time we saw a – a, a, an offense without Will Levis, it did not look pretty, Mike. But mm-hmm. I think 
they're overlooking them. I think they're overlooking the Wildcats here. So, Mike, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I am zero confident. This is my Morristown Honda pick, okay? I'm going Kentucky 7, Iowa 6. That's it. (laughs) Special teams finally wins a game for Kentucky. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you said you're not down Kentucky, Shane. I'll just cut right through it. I am. I mean, I just don't got any confidence because I don't know – what the hell we're going to see? We're firing coaches left and right. Uh, no starting quarterback, no starting running back, elite running back. Apparently the top NFL quarterback for some reason. We're starting Destin Wade. I don't believe he's ever taken a snap at quarterback. True freshman. This was a guy, Shane, that uh, Tennessee didn't even think could play quarterback. Take that for what mm-hmm. it's worth. But I think we're just going back to Lynn Bowden days, man, where we're, we're going to run it you know, 60, 70 times in this football game, try to eat up that clock as much as we can. But the problem is Iowa's got a really good defense. And when you got two hands tied behind your back, good luck scoring in this ballgame. So you might be be dead on with this 7-6 to assessment, Shane. But the good news, we got Devin Leary. We got Ray Davis. We got Liam Cohen. Next season's going to be awesome. We're going to do a complete 180, but we unfortunately for Kentucky, we got one more game to get through before all this Mm -hmm. awesomeness can join your sideline. So, hey, let's not go in-depth anymore on this one because I hate even doing it, but I'm going Iowa 20, Kentucky 10. I like the under as well. (laughs) Let's just be just an absolute – like you know what I'm saying? Just watch it be back and forth, <laughs> fifty point football game, best bowl game that we've ever seen. That's what I'm hoping. So, you know, there's a little bit of that. I don't know if you get that way, Mike, but when I get a quarterback in there that I've never seen before, uh-huh. you know, there's that little seed that you're like, ooh, maybe we'll have some quarterback controversy coming in the next. Season. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he, this is his opportunity. He hasn't had it, so. um what kind of offense do you expect to be ran here? Do you, I mean, do you expect a conservative game? I mean, that's obviously what more like a keep, not like a keep away, but you know, safe throws. I I mean, what do you, what do you expect here? Yeah. Like I said, remember the Lim Bowden days, man, where it was basically every snap was a wildcat because we got some good receivers, but do we really want to be throwing it all over the yard when, when I was got a really good pass defense and, uh, apparently the Vince Morrow, the tight ends coach, he's going to be calling plays. I don't know. He's, he's got any experience calling plays. Um, this just seems like a, a train wreck of offensive football waiting to happen. Mm. Your boy Vince. He, <laughs> he may surprise you. He may have that. Cohen may not even make it to campus. <laughs> he's going to come out here. The, the real riverboat gambler is coming out. So I would like, you know, what do you got to lose brother? You know, seriously, there's nothing you can lose in this bowl game. Like, you think some bowl games are pivotal? I don't think this is for Kentucky. Nobody's expecting them to win. I mean, they'd love for them to win, but I don't think it's the end of the world if they don't, given the fact that they they lost their quarterback and their running back and the coordinators. And, and you know what I'm saying? I, I think right. this is a – the pressure's off. Have some fun. Cut them loose. I'd like to see – I don't want to see a conservative game, even though I just predicted a 7-6. I would like to see <laughs> – I would like to see an electric game. And, yeah, will there be mistakes made? Absolutely. But, again, let's have some fun, man. Yep. All right, how about the – Bruno, what are you, what are you doing, man? 
Jeez. Also, on at the same time, Shane, noon Eastern, 11 Central on ESPN. The Sugar Bowl down in New Orleans. It's not often we get Alabama at 11 Central, but here we got them. Number five, Alabama. Number nine, Kansas State. Crimson Tide favored by six and a half points. What? what get out of here. And before we get to that, Shane, I mean, this could just could be all around great news for Alabama fans because Bill O'Brien was asked about leaving for the NFL. <laughs> um, earlier this week, Tommy Curran went on of NBC Sports Boston, went on WEI to say that there was a strong indication that you could be back in New England next year. With your contract situation and what's going on in the future with different opportunities that may be available to you, is that something that you thought any thought of or do you want to be back at Alabama next year? Yeah, you know, I, I would tell you that, that, that the focus uh, for me and for this coaching staff and for these players is, is really been uh, on these games that we're playing. You know, the, this game coming up, the games that we played this year, the games that we played last year. I mean, I think those things, you know, almost every year I've been in coaching, at least over the last 12 years for me, have come up a lot. And those are things that are addressed after the season. Um, we are very focused on this game. We've been focused on every game we, we've we've played here this year and last year. So, uh, you know, like I said, these are it's kind of that time of the year when things come up and things pop up. Um, I haven't spoken to anybody in New England since probably last April, when 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 I went by and saw those guys when I was up there. So, um, you know, I wish them well in their last however many games they have left. Uh, but you know, we're very focused on 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 this game and and focused on coaching this team to the best of our ability. We're going to stay here in front. Coach Ryan Hennessy, NBC 13 in Birmingham. Hey, uh, with Bryce coming to play this game, obviously it's huge for you. I wanted to know what that meant to you, that decision. And also, is there a chance the fans will see some more quarterbacks potentially for the future at the end of this game? The first uh, answer to your first question is, is I think it's unbelievable. I think when you talk about Bryce, Will Anderson, the other guys that have – uh, decided to play in this game. I think that says everything you want to know about the culture of Alabama football that's been built by Coach Saban, the players that have played here in the past, uh, for these guys to play in this game. You know, Coach talks about it all the time. I mean, the best way to, to create value for yourself as a player is to play football. And so those guys took that message to heart. They really enjoy playing with their teammates. Um, Bryce is an outstanding leader. That's the guy that I'm around the most, so I'll speak to him personally. He's a great leader. He believes in the culture of Alabama football. Uh, he wants to go out on a winning note. Uh, he's practiced really well. He's done a great job with the younger players and, and even the veteran players that have come back to play. So, you know, I think that uh, it's a great opportunity for us as a football team, and I'm very proud to, to, to be Bryce's coach. Uh, on the second question, you know, I yeah. think it's, it's going to be – and, of course, I think Nick Saban's like – It'd be your best interest <laughs> that you find a job and not me make you find a job. <laughs> exactly. But more importantly, Shane, Bryce Young, Will Anderson suiting up for this ball game. Also got comments here from Bryce. Let's kick it over to him before we make our selections. Brett, so what does Alabama mean to you? A lot of rumors this might be your last game. I know it's probably you'd make your announcement on your own, but what does it mean to you over the years and the success you've had? I mean, it's, I, it's, it's hard to put that in words. I mean, um, you know, from from coming here, um, you know, coming here and being so so much younger um, as a freshman, this being, you know, such a big step for me, not just on the field, uh, but, you know, academically and as a man, um, you know, growing up, um, you know, 
learning to, to, to be far away from family, live on my own. Um, you know, obviously that, uh, you know, Alabama gave me that and on the field to be able to play with such great players, to, um, you know, to be coached by the best, um, you know, just to, to be embraced by, you know, the best fan base in the country. Um, you know, I, I, I can't describe how much uh, the university means to me. So um, I'm forever grateful. I mean, this is, you know, just, just having this opportunity um, and, and being here for the time I've been has been uh, a, a blessing. So um, I'm super happy to be a part of the team. We're so grateful for the support that we have, um, you know, from our entire fan base, uh, the whole community, uh, the University of Alabama. Um, you know, it's it's a big family there, and you know that that means a lot too. I always want to do my best, put my best foot forward. Of course, for my brothers and for the team, um, and for us, but also for those who support us. Again, we have the best fan base in the country. Um, you know, people that you know um, ride and die for us and, and, and support us um, through the ups and downs. Um, you know, good and bad, and, and are always there through it, uh, for us. And um, you know, I know how much it means to to us, to the community, to the state. Um, you know, so I always want to do my best to, to make all the supporters proud. It's a trend for people to skip these bowl games as their yeah, I mean, how I looked at it was just an opportunity, uh, another opportunity to play with my brothers. And, and um, you know, I, I love the guys on my team. I love this team. I love this program. Um, you know, going to work with the group of guys that I, I'm, I'm privileged to go to work with every single day. I see how hard we work as a group, how much we pour into this, um, and how much this means um, to us, how much it means to me. And, you know, it was, it was, it was easy for me because, um, you know, I – I'm, I just feel grateful that I get to go out and, and play with these guys to, to compete in practice, to, to, you know, to share that field. And, you know, for me, looking at it, I just I looked at it as another opportunity. Um, and, you know, for me as, as a leader of this team, which is something I pride myself in, um, you know, there's a lot that, you know, I think it's most important to lead by example, to make sure that um, any time that I'm, I'm leading, I'm telling other people to do things, you know, I have to do that first. I have to make sure that I'm doing the right things. And, you know, I have to be comfortable being held accountable. And for me, um, you know, another opportunity to lead the team um, in every way that I can and to be out there and, and, and run out of the tunnel again with my with my teammates, it was an opportunity I, I couldn't pass up. So, um, you know, I'm just, just honored to be a part of this team. Um, and as a leader, um, I felt like it was it was important to me to make sure um, that, that, that we finished this year. All right, Shane, so when you get comments like that from your star player, Probably yeah. the number one overall pick in the upcoming NFL draft. I don't give a damn what Mel Kuyper says. <laughs> I mean, it's impossible to pick against Alabama, isn't it? Brother, I've never been more confident in a bowl game in my life because this this means more. I mean, it, you've got your quarterback, Bryce, probably never suiting up again, like you said, in, a, in an Alabama uniform coming out. I mean, who has more to lose? You look at all these opt-outs. You you got Will Anderson not opting out. You got Bryce not opting out. That's millions of dollars, man. That's potentially in in the length of their their career. It could be half a billion. You know, if you add up all the monies that they're probably going to make. So I, I think if anybody's got anything to lose, it's those two guys. And the fact they're coming back, I think that is the lightning rod that this team needs, brother. You want to talk about dialed in, these boys are dialed in. Hell, Nick Saban's even out there stretching with them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Alabama is going to beat the shit out of, of Kansas State. I, I'm just telling you. I think this will be the first telltale sign. You know, everybody's talking about um, – um, um, uh, shit, what's her name? Uh, TCU. Uh -huh. You know, were, were they legit or not? Do they belong in the top four? I think after you watch this game and, and watch Alabama put them away, you're going to say, we made a mistake. We should not have put TCU into this thing. <laughs> Alabama 
is going to, okay, I'm, I'm going to stop saying it, brother, because I'm just going to let you see it at noon. I can't believe it's at 12. Maybe, that's one you know. Media doesn't even care. They want this game to be over with so they can carry <laughs> on their day. So give me Alabama, 49, Kansas State, 7, <laughs> brother. It's going to be brutal. <laughs> brutal. Well, we do got two playoff games after this. I think that's why it's so early, but – no, I, I know that. I, I was, I was, I'm just saying, but it's December 31st, you know, it's like noon. I mean, this is – it's just more disrespect for Nick Saban. Oh, yeah. You know, did you not hear his plea? At least put him on at 3.30 on a yeah, – but anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, there's no – if if there's uh, some way Saban could spin this into a disrespect card, he's going to do it. <laughs> it's everywhere. But, yeah, Kansas State, nice team. Seen him play against – like you said, TCU in a Big 12. Oh, man, they look like a quality team, Shane. They look so quality. They could probably be the 11th best team in the SEC. You know it. <laughs> like you said, I mean, we got so much going with us here with Alabama. How in the world can you not be anything other than locked in when you look yeah. over there and you see Bryce Young, you see Will Anderson suiting up, putting it all on the line for you in their final games before they're probably the number one and number two overall picks in the upcoming NFL draft. You nailed it. You always go a step further than me. I can't quite go 49-7. <laughs> but I'm going 38-9. to Alabama's just going to oh, roll yeah. Kansas State. And, hey, savor every moment of Bryce Young and Will Anderson in an Alabama uniform because uh, the way we see this thing going, they may not play in the second half. You know what? Yeah. No, I, I maybe. You know, I, I think I think Nick Saban's going to pull him pretty early. I, I think that's the type <laughs> of game we're going to have here, Mike. <laughs> right. And he doesn't want a two-a situation. You remember, you know, keeping him in there longer than he should. That That's kind of what I feel here. I think – the, the fact that these boys are coming out there and playing, I expect a hellacious first half, yeah. but a very, very vanilla second half. So that's the only reason I'm a little discouraged about my emotional pick there. But uh, <laughs> I, I still think we look back and we're saying, man, these two teams should not have been in the same same ballpark here. Right. Now, final game here, Shane, the big one for the SEC, the Peach Bowl, of course, college football playoff showdown in Atlanta. Basically, the second home to them Georgia Bulldogs, Shane. They opened the mm -hmm. season in Atlanta. They just closed it in the SEC Championship. They're back to face number four, Ohio State, the number one team in the country, though, favored by six and a half points, over under 62 points. Game kicks off at 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 Central on ESPN. And how about it, Shane? You may have missed it. Ohio State defenders asked, you know, how many, how many advantages you got in this ball game? Listen to what these Buckeyes had to say. A lot has been made of this Georgia offense uh, and some advantages they may have. Where do you guys, and this is for all of you, uh, where do you guys think you may have some advantages? Uh, everywhere. Um, you know, I think it just comes down to, you know, all of us just doing our job, and if we do that, we have a really good chance. Yeah, I agree with Tommy. I think we got, you know, advantages you know across the board on both sides of the ball and uh we just gotta you know go out there and execute yeah i agree i think it just comes down to to doing your job and executing at the highest level and i think we should be fine they said we have advantages across the board versus georgia oh my oh God. shit 
Shane, the last please, thing you want to do. Please don't be calling Stetson's phone right now. <laughs> please tell me you're not calling it. <laughs> the last thing you want to do is give Georgia and Kirby Smart motivation, oh. but that's what these Buckeyes are doing. You know, Coach Smart's talked about it before, your desire to prove people wrong, right, and the chip on your shoulder. Does that stay there even with a Heisman invite and a national championship ring and an SEC championship? And if so, how do you, how do you keep that as a, a motivating factor for you? I mean, it's never been a, a chip on my shoulder or a, uh, you know, prove people wrong. Um, it's, I, it's hard to describe, but I don't think of it that way, right? Because uh, I don't know, but I just want to be the best I can be. And if I'm not, then I start to, you know, be like, I don't know, I don't like it. Um, and I love football and I, I want to play football, um, you know, Heisman ceremony was 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 very you know that was a huge honor. Uh, that's not why I play, you know. So that's not going to change the way I play, you know. So um, we've got a game to win, and um, we got to prepare like it. Otherwise, we won't. So the Ohio State players who were in here before y'all were asked what advantages they think they might have against the offense, and they said uh, we have advantages across the board. And I wanted to see if y'all wanted to respond to that. Yeah, certainly. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I don't really want to get into the particulars right now, but you know, obviously, they were undefeated until the last game of the season. Um, it's hard to do that, and uh, we were too last year until we lost Alabama, and then you know we ended up winning it all. So we certainly are not taking Ohio State lightly. Uh, you know, they've got, like they said, they've got advantages all over the board, and you know, so we're gonna have to go play football. Who do you like? In a ball game here, not Ohio State. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and like you said, you can't you can't give these boys fuel because they know they're the better team out there. And I think that's why we've had some closer games with Georgia Bulldogs because they know mm -hmm. they're just gonna you know just show up and show out. Yeah. But you give them fuel, you give them ammunition. Kirby will drill that in their heads all week and don't think that they're not going to hear about how great Marvin Harrison Jr. is or how great the snubbed quarterbacks. You know, it's just these guys are elite. He is, he is literally pounding it in their ears, and it is making these Bulldogs angrier and angrier. And this defense is going to clinch its grasp around them and not and just snub out the fire, brother. Just all the emo, all the desire to to play that if they're going to be ready to opt out after this thing, brother, because Georgia is the bigger, badder, physical team here, and they really they really put it to Ohio State. So, brother, I think this game's over, and I think it gets a little conservative on the back end. That's why I'm a little leery on the points. But I'm going to give Georgia the edge. 31, Ohio State, 13. Ooh, I like that score, yeah. Shane. I mean, yeah, when you got a finesse team going up against the most physical, the yeah. most tough team in all of college football, I mean, how can you do anything other but then pick the Bulldogs, Shane? Yeah. Stetson Bennett plays his best in the biggest moments. He's going up against a, another top NFL prospect, allegedly, and C.J. Stroud, who is uh, scared to death to run the ball. Just imagine how scared he's going to be going up against Jalen Carter and company when he's staring at all these dogs. Just, yeah. you know, 
drooling to get after him. You know what I mean? <laughs> that place is going to be jumping, man. That thing's been sold out for how long? <laughs> oh, since the moment Georgia, well, probably since before they won the SEC championship, they knew they were punching their ticket to the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, this this bad, they probably since they beat Oregon, Shane, yeah. <laughs> dog fans have been buying up these tickets because they knew Georgia was going to end up there once again in a college football playoff. But, I mean, I think the Ohio State's only prayer, Shane, is to outscore Georgia. And good mm-hmm. luck outscoring. That means you got to score at will on, on this defense. And nobody yeah. has been able to do it uh, outside of uh, Bryce Young and two NFL receivers that he ain't got this year. Right. You know what I mean? So, right. I, I mean, that is the only way to beat Georgia. And I just don't see any way in hell that Ohio State that just got steamrolled by Michigan, which is like – a little brother version of Georgia, how they're going to do it in Georgia's backyard, Mercedes-Benz mm-hmm. Stadium. Budo, Shane, 37, Ohio State 13. <laughs> we both like Buckeyes to score 13. I guess, you know, I call them the luck eyes. They get lucky a lot. Yeah. That is not, not going to be their either. lucky number here on Saturday, though. You know what? They must champ out here. Digging up old Herb Street, you know, I just, I, I just love it because there is just, you know, and here's what I'm saying, man. Georgia is is a great football team. Last year they had a great football team, yep. and I want people to look back on 22 and and, and say, golly, Georgia. You want to? You think about some of these great teams you've seen in years past. Everybody talks about the the you know the the Alabama or the Miami or Miami uh, Hurricanes that mm-hmm. one year. It's like it, it's like I want them to look back at twenty two and say, "Golly, Georgia was loaded when these boys are in the NFL." Because half that roster will be and playing football on Sundays. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I don't want them to just snooze through this thing. I want them to just. I mean, you don't get to see – how often do we see Ohio State, Mike? How often does Georgia play Ohio State? You just talked about it earlier this week. Yeah, this will be the only the second time in program history. So you have an opportunity to remind them for the next 50 years how <laughs> bad and mean the SEC is. So that's why I want to see just a total domination here. And I, and I think we're going to, man. And it's with all them boys talking and chirping. Oh, my gosh. I'm not comparing Tennessee to Ohio State. But, boys, we've made the mistake. <laughs> we, we, we made a mistake. <laughs> you know, you're making a mistake. So, <laughs> And I also think, Shane, there's something to be said for the fact that I realize Ohio State, they played some big moments, whatever. But yeah. Georgia, for two years in a row, Shane, they've played in these playoff games. They've played mm-hmm. in these SEC championship games. Uh, they've played in this building. Hell, I, this will be their third time in the building in <laughs> this season. I mean, the familiarity, not only of the arena, but of handling. Th- there's all this hoop, hoopla that goes with this, Shane. They have to do extra media. They have There's extra yeah. scrutiny. You know, they're sticking microphones in front of their face. They're saying, oh, we got advantages across the board. That's exactly what I'm talking about. They are not used to this. Whereas everybody on Georgia's roster has had two years of this. So I think that also serves Georgia, whereas the bright lights are not going to phase them. In fact, 
when the lights are the brightest we've seen this Georgia program plays at its best and, and you just see it from Kirby and company they're cutting up they're having a good time during these pressers while it looks like these Ohio State players are they're sweating they're nervous um, I, I think they're going to get run out the damn building here <laughs> can't get here soon enough <laughs> but hey brother okay yeah I, I think that's a perfect way to end it we got Tons and tons of football to enjoy this weekend. Going to savor every last moment of it because this is going to be the last time for most of these teams that we get to see them play. I appreciate you. As always, I appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out. Happy New Year's. Enjoy the football. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go balls. Go to hell, Dabo. hey buddy this beer's for you mike and cousin shane that sec podcast loves the pirate and the pirate loves that sec podcast hail state